0: Happy holidays, folks, and welcome to the Bomb Squad podcast. I'm your host today, Tim M. Sullivan, and with me I have... I am Tanner Richard Kraft. Happy Christmas. I'm Rain Conversi. And today we have a special guest, uh, my cousin.
1: Hey there, I'm Matt Sullivan, and Merry Christmas.
0: Your cousin? You said you got
1: Marlon Brando.
0: Well,
1: I regret to inform you that Marlon
0: Brando is dead.
1: Um, uh, what a terrible eventuality.
0: <laughs> when was someone going to tell me this? Today we are going to talk about a film from 2011, Arthur Christmas, which is turning 10 years old. Matt, Matt's a special guest today because he actually worked on the film. I'm going to start by asking him some questions about uh, that experience and just kind of how your uh, career has Progressed since then because I know you've worked on like a bunch of big stuff. Like, you worked on season two Mandalorian, you worked on Thor Ragnarok, got some big stuff under your belt. And I, I know our relatives always say that they're proud of how much you've accomplished, but I hope it means a little more for me because, like, I've graduated two years ago and I've touched three indie features that are not finished. Uh, yeah. So I'm just blown away by that. The dream. Um, well, thank you. So, yeah, just uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about that experience.
1: So I graduated in school. I graduated school in 2012 from Ringling College of Art and Design. And actually, when I was a junior going into my senior year, so rising senior, I guess, uh, I interned at Sony uh, Imageworks as a lighting artist. Well, it would be called a lighting intern, I guess. But So I was part of that little training program, and we had probably, I want to say there were like 12 or so interns in our group, and everyone kind of had different disciplines. Like there were a couple people who were in animation, some people in lighting, layout. Like it was it was a bit, bit of a mixed bag. And um, there was actually no guarantee that we were going to work on any productions, mm-hmm. it was really just a training program, and like we were learning the tools at Image Works, and you know being thrown into the meat grinder as far as like, you know, having to learn the protocols and like understanding Linux, which I had never touched before in my life. Even learning how to open the program seemed like such a hurdle for me at that time because I would not consider myself like on the super technical side of the spectrum as far as like 3D animation is concerned. I think that some people tend to veer more towards like the art school of thought and then some are more on the technical side. And both have their pros and cons but i would consider myself like probably two-thirds artistic one-third technical so even Mm -hmm. just like trying to understand the the basic protocols of like getting up and running at sony seemed like pretty monumental at the time but long story short we had a really good group of people with us uh in the training program and we were able to make it through all of our like Test exercises and actually the first lighting test that I did, I believe, was Arthur in the sleigh barn, like the old, the classic Santa sleigh, like Grand Santa's sleigh, and that was just awesome. Like, so once we were done, like with the the training exercises that were like the basic, like here, light a ball and like understand how the lighting works which is, like, super boring, right? You're just lighting like, a (laughs) sphere on, like, a ground plane and you're just, like, pulling your teeth out trying to get past that stuff and... All of us were pretty desperate to work on a film, right? Because as interns who are still in school, this is like our one shot to Mm -hmm. like get a foot in the door, you know, and actually have an opportunity to create something for the studio. So we were just trying to get through the training portion as fast as possible so that we could get onto production. So once we finished those training exercises, like I was saying, the first like real introduction to production was the sleigh barn shot with Arthur. And that was actually the shot that all of the lighters who were getting onboarded onto the show did as a test. So basically Mm -hmm. when you're learning the sensibilities of the directors and of the visual effects supervisor and the lighting leads and everything at least in that department you come on and you complete the test shot before you get rolled on to real shots for the film Right, so you're just trying to get used to the tools for that show so I just remember having a blast working on that shot of Arthur in the the sleigh barn and and then uh, you know eventually I was able to get that approved and we started like rolling onto real production shots after that. Awesome,
0: yeah. And, and any other uh, things that you've worked on that you wanna kinda talk about just like as far as um, how your career's progressed since then?
1: Yeah, so I actually interned at Sony twice so the next summer, actually, I returned as an intern again, but it was a little bit easier to get onto production because I had already been through, like, the regular training there. And so that time around, I was working on... I, so I think there were a couple things in production, if I'm remembering correctly. The original Hotel Transylvania was in production, so, like, Gendy Tartakovsky mm-hmm. was there, and we were, like, Yo. you know, we are we're getting, like training classes from him where he would be like talking about his experience with like Samurai Jack and like just talking about his sensibilities just as far as animation was concerned like he's got a very particular style and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah. it, was, it was just awesome to learn from people like that and also uh, Marcelo Vignali who's production designer at Sony Animation he ran a sketch club like right down the street from the studio actually and so every friday during lunch he would just have people come and draw for like an hour or so and i made it a habit to go every single time and a lot of the time he was bringing like people who were story artists or directors so like cody cameron and chris pern and like a lot of the people who Went on to like direct stuff after at Sony. We're just like sitting there sketching, so that was really cool. I, I made a lot of good long-term connections just attending that sketch club. And the the production that I was actually on during that internship was Oz uh, the Great and Powerful. I got a couple of shots in on that film, nice. and. I think it's important to remember also, like, as an, as an intern, you're not churning through shots the same way you would be as like a regular production artist. So like Mm -hmm. now on a production, I'm just cranking out shots like day by day, pretty much. Mm -hmm. As an intern, you've got like two shots maybe three shots over the course of the whole summer because it takes you a lot longer just mm-hmm. to get through them you know right so so it's more of a learning experience but it was really cool as interns we had like mentors that we were working with on a daily basis and i had two mentors there one was named puya go bad, poor, and the other guy's name was jason madsen and they're just both incredible lighting artists, and I, I worked with them a bunch, and they just, like, had a bunch of great feedback, and they just really helped me grow uh, in that department. And then later, when I left Sony to well, – when the internship ended, I should say, and I left, I headed straight to Disney Animation for their training program, which kind of, like, catapulted me into, like, the next mm-hmm. – portion of my career and and like those couple initial career steps i think were pretty critical for like the trajectory of my career since
0: all right yeah that's awesome a lot of big names there that's just really cool to hear about so then uh the next question is for uh the rest of us um just kind of general history with the film uh if any uh rain we'll start with you So I don't know if this was I never I didn't
2: bother to look at the box office or like the marketing or anything. I've literally never heard of this movie.
1: Um, The end. Uh, That's a good history. Rain. (laughs) Uh. I think I think one of the things about Arthur Christmas that was kind of like a shame to me is that it was really poorly marketed, in my opinion. I don't know what happened if it just got lost in like the Christmas mix. But I also feel like it was named really poorly. Like mm-hmm. Arthur Christmas makes people think of like Arthur the Aardvark, and like I, yeah. I think if you if you don't already have a face to the name, like it's just such a forgettable title. And yeah, yeah.
2: So I wonder if like if it's because it's like so British. I guess just to be blunt, like they've just yeah. thought maybe Sony <laughs> thought it wouldn't appeal to American audiences very well.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was. Like, I don't want to slam Sony too hard on the marketing. Yeah, but yeah for I, sure. I just, I just felt like there were opportunities that could have been taken to make the film more of a success at least at the box office than it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it was like a collaboration with Aardman Animation and Aardman mm-hmm. is so awesome like Wallace and Gromit and yeah. It, like th- they just have such appealing characters and like animation style and everything. And so uh, I also just thought that the humor, like the British humor was so funny. I, I guess that's not technically for everyone. Like you either like it or you don't. It's kind of like licorice. If you like it, you really like it. If you don't, you don't. But yeah, I, I really felt like the movie was better than it got credit for. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really give a shit at the time because I got to work <laughs> on a movie, so...
0: Fair enough. Um, Uh, I do think like since I kind of um, went to film school with people who are mostly younger than me, I think some of the people that I graduated with did kind of grow up with this movie. Um, but yeah, I guess it's probably not as well known as you know your your Pixar movies and what have you yeah um, and T- tanner you you just watched this for the first time like a couple hours ago,
3: yeah, literally uh, what Rain just said you can copy and paste that answer fair enough <laughs> nice. um
0: so I, I guess i will just kind of talk about uh my history, which I guess kind of going off what they were saying, I probably wouldn't have heard of it or wouldn't have really gone into looking into it if you hadn't worked on it, Matt. Oh, okay. um,
1: yeah. yeah. That sounds I, about right.
0: Yeah. And that was Christmas season 2011, which that was while I was uh, still at my first college, UCM, which was in Warrensburg. So I, I, I recall like coming down to St. Louis from campus uh, cause I was, I was living out of town. So I, I recall coming home from campus and like, there were the, there were two Christmas movies. I remember, seeing with my mom that season. And one of them was a very Harold and Kumar Christmas in 3D. (laughs) I'm sure
1: your mom loved that movie.
0: I mean, she seemed to enjoy it, but that's definitely a movie to watch with your mom. Uh, And then uh, the other one, the other one was Arthur Christmas. And um, I remember just thinking like, that's, that's neat. My cousin worked on a movie. And uh, so that was just kind of a cool, thing going into it while i was watching it wait
2: am i hearing right That's, you you watch these two as a double feature is that what
0: i heard <laughs> no uh, oh i wish that would be that would be an epic double feature <laughs> but but anyway let's move on to our thoughts on the movie uh tanner it seemed like you really enjoyed this one why don't you tell us all about it
3: Oh, man, I am so glad that you uh, picked this for the schedule because you introduced me to what is, in my opinion, a modern Christmas classic. Truly, I had such a blast with the movie. I really loved it. I knew I was in for a good time when I started the movie because, you know, you think at first you see Sony Pictures Animation and you're like, all right, they've made some okay movies. You know, prior to Spider-Verse, there wasn't a lot of big hits. But now that they've made Spider-Verse, they're hot Thank God!
1: Cloudy, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Cloudy with a chance that's, of meatballs yeah. is great. That's a is great, great one. Yeah, that is great, one.
3: great, but that didn't get the kind of acclaim that Spider Verse did. Unfortunately, same people: no, Chris, Chris Lord and Phil Miller. Um, exactly. I think it's Chris Miller and Phil Lord. I think I got the names yeah. switched. Yeah. Switch. <laughs> anyway, so I see Sony Pictures Animation. I'm like, all right, this could be good. And then I see aardman and I like literally go, "What? <laughs> I had yeah. no idea this was an aardman movie. I forget." <laughs> I forget that they did a, a run of CG movies there from, like, 06 to 2011. We brought up Ooh. Flushed Away in, on last week's podcast. That's technically an Ardman movie. And this is also an Ardman movie, another CG movie. This is a lot better than Flushed Away. I, I do mm-hmm. like Flushed Away. This is, I don't know why I'm making that comparison. Hey, you know that studio's worst movie? <laughs> don't, don't let Joe Troncheck hurt. hit you
0: to say that? <laughs>
3: But I, I loved it. I loved it. In my uh, letterbox review for it, I open, up the, I open up my review for it by saying, at one point in the third act, I was crying so much that my eyes physically hurt. It really got to me in a lot of ways. Like, it's the animations, real pretty. It's a uh, real satisfying. Aardman has this re- kind of style to it uh, that it doesn't quite look. Like it doesn't even look like faux stop motion like some of their other CG movies do. This is like really CG looking, but I, I like the art style. I find the art style really appealing. And for me, it's like what I really loved about the story is that when you boil it right down, it is such a low stake story. The entire conflict of the movie is trying to deliver one present to one kid. But because right. you, you have such low stakes, you're able to add so much intimacy to it and it, it feels very real because of it. And you're able to have a lot of these emotional beats with a fantastic cast. I mean, James McAvoy is really good as Art for Christmas in the lead role. Bill Nye is Grand Santa. Oh man. I love that guy.
1: Oh, Grand Santa's so funny.
3: Yes. Oh, I love him because, like, he's, like, the ultimate old guy. He's, like, the final boss of old people,
1: so... Yeah, he's, like, at the point where he's he's so old that he can say, like, really inappropriate things and, like, can get away with it still, you know? That's, like, my favorite part about that character and that I feel like this movie hit, like, right before cancel culture did and, like, it was just, like, in such a sweet spot, which... I really appreciated that humor quite a bit, yeah. and I remember like seeing seeing tests of Grand Santa like early on, like just seeing like a screen test where someone's like testing the animation against like a clip of him from another movie or something, and like mm-hmm. it just. I remember being excited for that character from like the very beginning. He, he's a real standout. I really love
3: him, and I also really liked Santa himself. He's a real fun, Mm -hmm. sweet character. As you know, he is a father and a father is a dad. And therefore, (laughs) Matt, you're probably unprepared for this. Uh, (laughs) Dad's rock, baby. So this is a movie about a dad that's kind of trying him best. He's a little bit past his prime and he learns to self-grow a little bit, you know. So as I'm I really love this movie thinking wow this is a modern Christmas classic this is so smart it's funny it's really emotional the character beats are just that's the thing that really started out of me was the character beats were really really great and I thought wow this movie's so amazing I, who directed this so I go and look it up like who's the director? On Letterbox, I go click on, oh, Sarah Smith, what else has she done? And then everything made sense. Quick side story here. A few, uh, about a month ago, actually two months ago at this point, I saw a movie in theaters called Ron's Gone Wrong. And it's been one of my, it was one of my favorite movies of the year. I absolutely loved it. And little did I know, Sarah Smith, who wrote and directed this movie, she also was one of the directors and one of the, and her screenwriting team, wrote ron's gone wrong so i might have discovered this eventually anyway by just going through the back catalog of a movie i really love Mm -hmm. but like it all made so much sense because what i loved about ron's gone wrong was the character beats the character beats in that movie are really really strong and that's what the sort of magical glue of the movie is so this is actually a long winded way of saying please see ron's gone wrong in theaters it should if it's still playing in theaters near you please go see it it shouldn't have bombed it's not fair (laughs) but yeah arthur christmas is great
1: I also really like the fact that even a character like Steve, who's like, you know, at first glance, like the most unlikable character... <laughs> um you still like find a way to empathize with him in some way because like as santa is like getting older and seems to be dropping the ball on a lot of like the managerial tasks and stuff around the office if you will steve is kind of the one who's just expected to pick up all the slack and so as a result he's like way overcompensating in like the managerial department like trying to make sure that everything's super efficient and smart and like he just feels like he's missing like the special attention from his dad that he was missing all along you know
3: yeah uh, there's there's a throwaway line where he's like this is about the pool table isn't it? And he's like "I, you were eight you were my dad you should have known and then it's like that's just just a little small character moment that tells you all you need to know about You know,
2: Mm
3: -hmm. their entire history growing up as him as a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Steve was such a great character. I I messaged him early on in the movie about a moment that really made me laugh, which was when Arthur runs out after the board game to hand him the Santa figurine. And then he's just like, Mm -hmm. close the door. I told you to. And I just, I messaged him saying like, here brother, I gave you this figurine to make you feel better. And Steve just looks at him saying, you waste of space. You piece of crap. Close the door. <laughs> like it was so like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's such a God, God. Yeah. Steve's a great character. I can't believe I didn't bring him up. Oh my God. I'm, Rain, please, or Tim, whoever you want to go next, please make them talk (laughs) before I keep rambling.
0: Uh, uh, All right, yeah, so Tanner liked the movie. Uh, Rain, how'd you feel? Uh, Let me preface by saying that I
2: was not expecting a reference to the Cuban Missile Crisis in this movie.
3: (laughs) (laughs) More movies should have it.
2: And then also let me preface that uh, I'm glad I didn't uh, know about this movie when I was like 12 or 13 when it came out because I almost certainly wouldn't have... It was like during like I was still in like my edgy phase and I wouldn't anything any like kids' movie, I was just like, No, that's lame and dumb. I'm only going to force myself to watch MTV to <laughs> think I'm cool. I was like, oh, South, South Park is the oh. only animated thing I'll watch. So it's I'm glad that I uh, got to see when I'm actually able to appreciate stuff like this. I um, yeah, I had a great time with this movie. I thought it was. Um, let me preface by saying that I um, any ca- like characters like Arthur, Arthur, I'm just a sucker for like people with just this kind heart. Like it's impossible for me to like hate any movie with a with uh, where this like the main character. Oh, so
3: that's why you're my friend. Um, <laughs>
2: But yeah, I thought it was a nice, cute little movie. I um, liked like Janner. I appreciated how um, low stakes it was. I think it really... The fact that these characters, Arthur thought and knew this was a big deal, even though it is technically very... In the grand scheme of things, is a pretty low stakes plot. Uh, for Arthur, it wasn't, which I think was, was just great. I also really appreciate how there weren't, um, there weren't really any bad guys in this movie. Everyone was pretty... Every character was very well fleshed out and you can't really say any mm-hmm. of them were, were bad. At worst, you can say like that the current Santa was like the least well off of me. But I I feel like that was just him getting old, not really malice or anything, you could say. They were doing their idea of what was good.
3: The real villain was Steve's Christmas tree-shaped soul patch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention that. (laughs) I I only noticed that in the moment where they're like, Arthur's seeing her open the present. That's when I first noticed it in the close-up, and I... I'm not even kidding. It almost ruined the moment for me because I was like, what the hell is on his chin? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, forgot no, I, I about thought that, that was a
3: great
2: little detail. <laughs> I love the design of the ship. Yeah, the S1. Yeah. And also, yeah, the humor was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I like me some British humor. I thought this was pretty solid. I, did, I It was a good time. And I really liked how very clear uh, point of view, very uh, well defined each, each major character. Awesome. I thought that was great.
1: I also thought it came at a time where, like, there were a lot of advancements being made in, like, 3D animation. I remember, like, Mm -hmm. during production, like, seeing some of the, like, gigantic crowd shots and stuff, which I feel like Sony Imageworks rarely gets the credit they deserve because I feel like some of the best CG comes out of that shop, even though, like, the movies are not always, like, you know... An A plus film, like they're really hit or miss. I feel like, but the technical execution at Sony is like really second to none. Almost, I think Arthur is like standing outside of the S one, and there's just like a massive crowd of elves. And I just remember seeing that shot, like as it was coming through in dailies every day, and being like, "How many characters is that?" That's like. It's like a million elves yeah. I had never seen a crowd shot that big which was just like a technical feat but I thought it was impressive and then also I just I just really appreciated like the animation and stuff like it was just a very fun movie and and, and like some of the attention to details especially in like the I guess it kind of came around the same time as prep and landing which was kind of a shame because there were some Crossovers in terms of, I don't know if you guys saw the Disney short Prep and Landing. Basically, like all the elves storming into the house where they're like, you know, Mission Impossible, like turning cookies into biofuel. Like they, they just had a lot of fun little moments that, that really show like the operation of like going down the chimney or like into the house. And I, I just thought that was really a fun, like five minute scene that explains a lot like behind the scenes you know of their operation
0: yeah Matt uh, any other uh, general thoughts on the
1: movie I don't know I I, I think like one sequence that I want to like give a little shout out to just because like it was the sequence that I was on almost the whole time that I was on production um, it was referred to uh, so every sequence uh, at Sony has like a three letter abbreviation uh, that represents like what's happening in the sequence. So the sequence that I was on was called TYD, which stood for a thousand yard dash and thousand yard dash was basically when Arthur rides the bike down into like through the snow into, to the town of Trilloo. And so like the, Shots where, like, Bryony, like, sticks the wrapping paper into, like, the the spokes of the tire of the bike, and he goes, like, flipping over the handlebars. Like, those were the shots that I was primarily working on during production, like, when he goes flying up in the air. And I just had a blast. I remember noticing they looked great. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Um, I just had a blast with that sequence. I I was, like, really happy to be on a fun, action-packed sequence that, I mean, it was... In retrospect, like those shots, if I look at them now, they seem relatively simple because it's like two characters, relatively simple background, not crazy moving cameras or anything. But at the time I was like, oh, my God, this is like the coolest shots I could possibly imagine working on. So, yeah, I I had a good time on Thousand Yard Dash.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I guess um I guess my thoughts would be uh, like when I watched it, uh when it came out when I was like eighteen going on nineteen, I was just, just kinda like, yeah, that that was that was fine, those are cute movies, cool that my cousin worked on it. And I think revisiting this time around I Came to appreciate some things a little bit more. I think probably my favorite character is Brian. He's like she's just such a fun character
1: when she's like wrapping the lions and stuff, like yeah. on, when they're in the chase sequence. Yeah, that's, I just, yeah, she's
0: fun. That's, that's yeah, that's just so good. Um, and like Ar- Arthur is just such a pure, wholesome character who like he's out of his depth, but he like just really wants everything to be perfect for every child and you can't find someone who's just like more embodies this just idea of like the perfect christmas and it, it, i think that's great and like it it, mm-hmm. it it doesn't like hit you over the head with it because like you also have just sort of like the banter between all of the other generations of santa like you got steve and you get the current santa you got grand santa and like they all they all have their selfishness here and there, but then like ultimately kind of like what you said, um, they they all, they're all doing their idea of what is good. And yeah, overall I just think it's a, a really sweet, a really fun Christmas movie. There's a lot of great humor that's something I noticed too a lot more this time around. It's like, there's, there's some really good jokes in there. The table scene where they're just kind of bantering at each other. That thought that that was like really funny. And then and, Mrs.
1: Claus comes in. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to like about it. Um, and I, I definitely think it's worth checking out uh, if you haven't seen it. And yeah, I guess moving on to our last question, which is just uh, some of, some of the scenes that uh, really jumped out at you uh, rain. We'll start with you. I guess I guess I'll go with the ending,
2: um, because unlike Tanner, like I I don't get too much I don't get waterworks very often, but um I, I'll 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 admit like I, my eyes were starting to water a little bit near the ending when all the Santas got watch and see this kid uh get the present and alongside with uh Arthur uh, being chosen as the one to uh give the present and be the one who gets to be the Santa in this moment it was great
3: great right. yeah that that <laughs> ending I really love the. I can't remember the exact wording of the line, but there's a line of that ending where like where Santa tells Steve you would you would be a great Santa. Good good lines. Um, So, yeah, Tanner, some scenes. (laughs) Oh, God, it's hard to pick. Uh, The Thousand Yard Dash that Matt was talking about that he worked on. That's actually a really fun sequence. I love like the scene in Toronto. Where Grand, where Grand Santa's just like nobody lives in Canada as they're like flying by all these skyscrapers. Like I think some people live in Canada. Uh, I kind of love the very minor subplot of the United Nations uh, taking military action on a uh, hostile extraterrestrial entity in their eyes. That was kind of really interesting. I wouldn't expect a militarized drone in a Christmas movie, but oddly enough, I think my favorite scene in the entire movie was the, you know, in screenwriting, there's this all hope is lost moment, you know, right before the, at the end of the second act, before you start your third act. For me, that was what was really great hearing Arthur, kind of just, like, go on and on about, like, Arthur gave up hope in the specific way he talks about it was really moving, but what was especially moving to me was the scene where um, Santa goes into the um, the, the letter, uh, the mailroom, and he just sees all the letters that his son Arthur has been writing and seeing how much he cares about Christmas and makes him question what he's, what is he doing, why is, why has he been so neglectful of him, and I, God dang it, damn it, damn it, that's, I hate you that's... right that's six. That's like nine. That's six. Oh, okay, six. <laughs> no, I, oh,
0: God. We have a counter going, Matt.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he cries a lot. Uh, but I, I, I just remember saying that was a very emotionally powerful sequence. And then, of course, when he gains his confidence back by seeing the letter after it's being burned, and he, he sees that photo and he goes, it doesn't matter who does it. Someone has to do it. And then Santa's still fine. The sequence in Africa was fun with all the lions. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a lot of
1: fun. So unexpected, too.
3: What an unexpected Christmas movie. You got lions trying to kill you, militarized drones. You do not expect the drone strike in your Christmas movie.
0: No. Well, then you don't watch enough uh, Christmas horror.
3: (laughs) But Christmas horror movies have drone strikes, Tim. I don't know.
0: The one I'm making.
3: (laughs) What? (laughs) Stay tuned, (laughs) folks. (laughs) Hard cut to Tim trying to, like, rapidly write a script to prove me wrong. Yeah, that's all I got with the scenes. Awesome.
0: Matt, you you talked about the Thousand Yard Dash that you had worked on. Any other scenes that uh, really really, uh, stick with you?
1: I also really like the, um, like, dinner table scene because I I I feel like it really highlights... Each character's motivation, like, all the different Santas, and, like, it it kind of just, like, lays Mm -hmm. – it's interesting because it's, like, metaphorically, like, everyone laying everything on the table, and they're literally, like, sitting Mm -hmm. at a table having this conversation, like – and it's just, like, you know, your regular kind of family dinner, but – you see that Grand Santa is motivated by the fact that he's he's bitter that the world is changing and that there are new technologies and that he feels like he's mm-hmm. being phased out. Santa is grappling with the fact that he's, like, getting a little older and, like, he doesn't feel like he's dropping the ball at all, but he's got to come to realize that, like, he's at that point where he's got to give up the reins soon, most literally. And and then Steve and Arthur are obviously like in they're viewed in different lights and like they both have their, uh, strengths and weaknesses in the eyes of, of their dad and, and granddad. But I I just thought it was really interesting because everyone is motivated by such different things. And, um, I thought that was pretty unique. So.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah. Like, like you mentioned the, um, the dinner table scene—that was one that really jumped out at me because, yeah, it's just such a great um, character moment that really establishes um, all of them and all of their unique kind of um, perspectives on the whole like Santa thing. And yeah, that the Africa stuff was really fun too. Yeah, I, I think that that sequence really made for a lot of fun set pieces, like just like them flying and wrapping the lions and stuff um yeah then like the the one bit that was really funny was like the ev just kind of circling in orbit and then the guy thinking yeah. that there's a ufo like that, that was a fun bit
1: yeah um oh like the farmer guy
0: e- yeah yeah I mean, yeah or, or um, whatever
1: he was yeah i
0: right, forgot about that. Yeah. Moment the final scene where they're giving the kid, the present, um, And like you have, I think like the part of that moment that like really stuck out to me is like the grand Santa and the current Santa and Steve are all arguing about, I should do it. I should do it. I should do it. And then Arthur just goes, Shh, you're going to wake the kid. Uh, like that 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 was just such a good moment I think just like Um.
1: a nice little cherry on top like let's remember our original mission here yeah
0: yeah Yeah. exactly
1: I also really like the um, the way that tension was built with the lighting across the sequences leading up to that where it's kind of like a race against the sun, right? Like yeah. the sun, the sun is rising. And like, you know, once that sun is up, you know, that that kid's going to be awake. And I honestly, it felt like the sun was rising for ages and you're like, ah, just get there. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of, I like that they incorporated that like environmental element to, to help like you know drive the plot forward. Yeah, and then like the
0: the solution of being just like the giant ship with the stars, like that's just such a cool little oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that Steve's high-tech <laughs> S1. Yeah. So like I said basically does it for our questions. Uh, any departing thoughts? Um Matt, we'll start with you.
1: I don't know. I'm I'm like I mean, this is kind of unrelated to Arthur Christmas, but like it, it feels like we're probably entering a phase now uh, where we're going to start to get some great media back again because every mm-hmm. all the productions were on hold for so long and like, and I'm just excited for the ball to be rolling again. And I think that people are really fired up to be making movies. And I think that it's, we're just entering a really exciting time for media, which uh, it's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, really hoping things um continue to get better going in uh 2022 and um rain uh parting thoughts.
2: Yeah, parting thought one. Um I thought it was cool the um I really like the beginning moment where um what's the little girl's name? Gwen? Yeah, Gwen. She where she's like um where she's riding the slair and she's t- uh basically she just name drops all like these like common like sort of cynical talking points about like why the whole Santa being like tired, like people who think they're being clever will say, it's like, oh, this is why obviously Santa wouldn't exist. Cause of this X, Y, X, Y, and Z like, oh,
0: how does he deliver
3: all the gifts in one night? I think it's funny <laughs> yeah. how
2: this movie is sort of, um, how characters like Steve are sort of a, um, sort of a cold clinical response to those sort of questions. Um, his sort of <laughs> methods are that, whereas, um, a character like Arthur is, um, it's sort of the voice going, okay, hey, that's not what what's important, is you know, just the idea of a person who, um, you know, wants to be altruistic and help everyone and give you know, everyone presents and make everyone, yeah, and bring joy to the world. That's you know, that's the heart of the story. Um, then also, I guess my final thought is, um, I don't know what my top 10 Christmas movies would be, but I'm pretty sure nice. this would be somewhere in there, probably like the lower <laughs> top 10. Yeah. If I'm being honest, I but it's, it's somewhere,
1: somewhere, the fact that it made your top
2: ten in general is <laughs> such an honor. I don't know how many Christmas movies I've watched. I don't. Know, I feel like it's like neck and neck with Bad Santa for me, strangely. <laughs> yeah. two,
3: two, two sides of the same coin. If you yeah. really think about it, yeah, both have Santa. both have cynical of. Santas.
2: Unironically, yeah, they're for very, for very different reasons. Um, I
1: mean, what's what's like your absolute like pinnacle Christmas movie? Like Home Alone
3: rain if you i just want to say if you say die hard i'm coming over there and shooting you
1: I, no
2: i'm not that i'm not that unoriginal no um it, it's not original book christmas story okay
0: that's a great that's one a good one I, I think i'd say uh tokyo godfathers is mine um
1: elf oh yeah Elf's that's, a great one a fun one Mine's Mine's I always elf.
0: Forget yeah, about elf we were just working on a movie about will ferrell movies and i totally forgotten about elf <laughs>
1: Yeah. I feel like that's one of those ones that just always slips my mind and then like when Christmas season rolls around again and it's like in the streaming platforms, I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. duh. Yeah.
3: You turn on ABC and you go, ah, oh. or whatever ABC uh, family's called now. Yeah, freeform. Freeform, whatever. freeform. Yeah. But
1: yeah, definitely uh Home Alone for me was like the the Christmas movie that I always really loved. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. All the Home Alones, um, even the ones that were bad, even like Home Alone 3, I still love that movie. It's just such a hard movie not to like. Home Alone 3 was my
3: favorite as a kid uh, because it was the only one I had on DVD. So I didn't get to watch the other ones ever, but I would watch Home Alone 3 all the time. And as an adult, uh, the only thing I really have of note to say about Home Alone 3 is uh, how weirdly high stakes the plot is. The kid in that movie is essentially preventing nuclear armageddon. If you think about it, it's Cause, really weird. Because that kid's
1: not—it wasn't Macaulay Culkin either. It was like like a reboot, no. kind of, right? And yeah, it was like a reboot yeah. sequel thing. And he had like the chicken pox or something. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Know, well, though the concern was because like it, they they put a they put a missile tracking chip in an RC car right. that was accidentally yes, gifted yes, yes. to this kid. And the missile tracking ship was supposed to be delivered to North Korea. (laughs) What is, it's such a, this isn't Arthur Christmas. I'm sorry, Tim. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Tanner, final thoughts. There we go. Yeah, this is like a classic Christmas movie for me. I, I would probably put it in my top 10 or top 15 Christmas movies. It's really good. It's such a blast. There's great character beats. And if you're a fan of Aardman animations, there's a lot of little fun Easter eggs. Like when he steps on the sheep, when uh, Steve steps on the sheep entering Gwen's house, it's the noise that Sean the sheep makes. That 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 very distinct <laughs> baa. Or like in the deliver- in one of the delivery bits in the beginning of the movie. Uh, there's a um, one of the elves put a uh, puts a wrapped railroad railroad track down as yeah. the train is moving, which is a reference oh, yeah. to the wrong trousers, wallows and grommet uh, yeah. that short. So there's a lot of fun little Easter eggs if you're a fan of Ardmen. <laughs> I got trivia in this podcast anyway. There um is. <laughs> you know, but it's such a great movie, great character beats, simple plot, and it just has a lot of heart. You know, it has a lot of heart it's really good mm-hmm. go see it and also go see ron's
0: gone wrong <laughs> all right um yeah i guess my final thoughts are yeah, basically echoing these it's a it's a good christmas movie is uh, definitely sort of an overlooked gem um it's a lot better than the advertisements kind of made it out to be i think it's definitely worth checking out like even if you're an adult like it's it's a it's a cute movie i think I think you'll get some appreciation out of just sort of the characters and the humor. Um, There's a lot to like about it. Um, So, yeah, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. (laughs) If you are listening on any of the audio platforms, go ahead and leave a review because it helps boost us in the algorithms. If you're watching on Spotify video. Cool. Thanks. Good job. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for watching. Go ahead and leave a comment below. Let us know what did you think of Arthur Christmas? Uh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Do you want the Home Alone 3 podcast? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, comment below. Let us know. If this video gets if we a, get a million, 10 views, million likes. Yeah. If this video gets a million views,
3: we will do a Home Alone 3 podcast.
0: Go ahead and comment below. Let us know. Um, And uh, go ahead and uh, hit the like button uh, if you like the video. Uh, Hit the subscribe button if you want to see more of our videos. And hit the bell icon.
1: Oh, I've always wanted to do this. Right down there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere we, down we got, there,
0: we got a little graphic here uh, <laughs> that I, I
3: desperately need to update because it's about 300 subscribers out of
1: date. <laughs> or maybe it's floating right here or right there. <laughs> Austin, so you're gonna put a
3: bunch
0: of them on the screen and just be crying the whole time oh man i love aol so so yeah the like the subscribe the bell do do all that if you want uh no pressure thanks again for tuning in be sure to tune in next week when we talk about uh, another classic holiday film the lord of the rings the fellowship of the Rings. <laughs> Yeah, uh excited about that one. Uh Matt, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you. Anything you'd like to plug? Well, first of all, thank
1: you guys for having me. Yeah, actually, uh I'm so I'm at Dreamworks now. I'm just wrapping up yo oh. We're, we just recently wrapped on a project called The Bad Guys, which is based mm-hmm. off of a children's book. And it's really awesome. It's kind of like a, I don't know if I could say that. I can probably say this. It's like a hybrid between like 2D and 3D. So it's like a very oh, cool. interesting, almost almost like in the way Spider-Verse takes like kind of a different approach to like 3D animation. Um, so Bad Guys is coming out first quarter 2022. So that is something to look forward to. Too. I'm really excited about that. And uh, yeah. I'm currently working on Puss in Boots 2. So that oh. won't be out Wait, for Wait, that's a, actually happening? Oh, uh, yeah. We're, Has that been announced? It's, it's probably about 100,000 years out at this point. Well, I'm just glad we're getting more Shrek stuff. I mean, I
0: know nice. I
3: think Illumination's working on a Shrek movie, I heard. I don't know if that's true. I can neither confirm nor <laughs> deny. <laughs> Some guy yeah. from DreamWorks yeah. just slowly comes on screen with a gun. <laughs>
1: just drags <laughs> me out. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, right, thank, right. thank you guys again for having me. I yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, it's yeah, been thanks, fun. Thanks for
0: coming on. Uh, we're definitely definitely excited about those projects you mentioned. Um, and the yeah. audience, again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, and remember,
1: there's always time for a bow. Farewell. Oh, that's sweet. See ya.